To answer is human, to question is divine. Welcome to the world of the Hidden Gateway, an exhilarating podcast exploring the concepts humans have been struggling with since the dawn of existence, such as, who are we? Is there such a thing as good and evil, or are they arbitrary constructs? Does the paranormal exist? How can we evolve to a higher state? Can our mind influence what we term as reality? Providing a transcendental approach, combined with hard-nosed humanistic analysis, we invite you on a journey to question your worldview in this theater of life. Join our host, Justin Williams, as he explores the outer realms of faith, the supernatural, human potential, and even our concepts of the universal creator with a fascinating array of guests. This is the unseen world, magical, mysterious, and mystical, where your only limitation is your imagination. This is The Hidden Gateway. Welcome back to the Hidden Gateway Podcast. I am your host, Justin Williams. Now, before we get started with this week's show, I just want to ask if you haven't done so already, please like and subscribe to the show on both Spotify and Apple Podcasts. This will be a tremendous help for us to reach an even larger audience across all platforms. As always, your support is greatly appreciated, and I thank you all. And today we are happy to welcome Rachel Horton White to the show. Rachel is a clinical hypnotherapist, a mindfulness teacher, and intuitive guide who has helped transform the lives of hundreds of clients worldwide in a massive planetary shift in consciousness. She left her career in nonprofits to find her true soul's purpose by founding Soulful Work Intuitive Consulting. Rachel has led sold out women's retreats written for multiple online publications, and presented at the National Hypnotherapy Conferences. Her new book is called Tools for the, for the Awakening Soul, A Guide to Activate Your Intuition and Uncover Your Life's Purpose. Rachel, welcome to the Hidden Gateway Podcast. How are you doing? Uh, great. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. All right. Yeah, thank you for being here. And, uh, you know, what you do is quite phenomenal. I cannot wait to to hear. I can't wait for the audience to hear your story and everything you do. And I couldn't put it in there, that intro, but I mean, wow, so you are like certified in like literally everything. <laughs> <laughs> that is so cool. I wish I could be certified in everything. There's so much to learn, but yeah, I love, I love just going as deep as you can go into the mind and what's possible. I find it so cool. Yes, yes. And that is definitely what we are all about here at the Hidden Gateway, going deep into the mind and um, exactly what you do, uh, uncovering, help people uncover life's purpose, you know, and it's so, so different for everyone. We're we're definitely without doubt, we're all on our, our personal little journeys, yet we are all connected, which is, uh, which is a beautiful thing. But as we get started, I, I first want to just, you know, tell us a bit about yourself, you know, where you grew up, what your, your home life was like as a kid, and maybe some of those things that you experienced in, in your youth or, or early adulthood that led you to what you do today. Yeah, that's a good question. So I um, I was actually born in Virginia, and um, this kind of connects, you'd be interested in this. My grandfathers were both in the CIA, and Ooh. that's how my parents met, yeah, so... 
um, that come from it's both bloodlines of, um, you know, doing secret work. One of my grandfathers, my dad's father, went to his grave, never telling anything that went on, you know, and was pretty much in favor of the CIA um, most of the time. And the other grandfather, my mom's father, whose name is Ralph McGee, if anybody wants to look him up, he um, he's actually very he's he he transitioned to the other side a few years ago, but he's a deep soul guide for me. Um, for the for one of these reasons, which is that he um, uh, was a Notre Dame football player from Southside Chicago, um, wow. like, and went you know was this all American Patriot when they first started the CIA, and they thought that they were recruiting all these you know Patriots that would do whatever they were told, which he did in the beginning, and then they sent him um, to Vietnam, and he saw what was happening and and saw the lies of what they were. Um, talking about and telling the American public that that people there wanted a war when they or they supported the Americans being there, which wasn't true. And so he said, well, I'm going to I was submitting reports and, and the um, the uh, his bosses basically said, well, you can't submit this. You have to change your reports. And he said, you're telling me to lie. And they said, yes. So he um, just put up a stink. And anyway, they demoted him and they you know, they didn't kill him, <laughs> which you think they might have. But right. um, but anyway, but he. He vowed to stay. He stayed in to pay for my mother's college. I've never really talked about this in my bio before, but for some reason I feel compelled to tell this to you. Um, Thank you. So, uh, and um, he ended up vowing to tell, he was basically became a whistleblower and he wrote a book called Deadly Deceits. And uh, anyway, so he is a hero of mine because he, if he went through hell, he, you know, they tried to push him to suicide, which he did a few times, like just really put him through, um, and he lost all his friends. You know, they blacklisted him. They put him on the no, the terrorist watch list. He was followed. He, they tell people he was crazy, you know, like all these things, you know, you know what they do anyway. So he and I were very close over the years and that's part of my story. Cause I feel like it's in my blood to kind of keep his message going. And I didn't think I was going to talk about this today, but I feel like maybe that's part of why I'm here. Um, because I'm really one of the only ones in my family that um, see what he was really trying to do. He wasn't ho- totally awake because mm-hmm. he 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 died um, a few years ago during the beginning of COVID. But um, he did see the lies and the propaganda, and he would talk about that of what the American government was doing. And you know what I try to talk about today is well that keeps going on. I talk about that a little bit, and I know you do. You know that continues. Um, that's right, nothing right. different. Anyway, so that was, I grew up in Maine. That's my, that's my family. I come from a very traditional family though. Um, but, but, um, I always had intuitive, you know, my parents, lawyers, I have a doctor in my family, my brother's a Marine, like just a lot of like traditional stuff. And so I took a different, a very different path, um, than the rest of my family. But, but I feel like p- kind of my role is to kind of bridge the gap between the everyday practical and the metaphysical spiritual and helping people awaken. Like, I feel like my grandfather tried to do in his own way, but so I've always had, you know, I had a very like, you know, just regular life born in Virginia. My parents moved to Maine when I was one because my dad got a job at a law firm here in, in Maine, which I still live here. I didn't always stay here, but came back. Um, and I, always had like dreams that would come true and some weird like psychic stuff with my mother and that's Mm. you know my the grandfather was just talking about that's his daughter but I was you know my mother was scared of it and she had some you know kind of weird sort of 
dark things happen to her because mm-hmm. she was intuitive. So she shut it down. She told me, you know, that stuff, you don't, you don't do that stuff. Like be careful. She wouldn't go anywhere near the tarot. So I always had this, you know, thing and I just kept it to myself. And then, you know, growing up, I just did the thing, you know, went to college, did all the traditional stuff and uh, went into the nonprofit field. Um, but I just got really burnt out and, you know, I started learning about, um, I'd always been spiritual, but I kind of had shut it off for a little while when I just, you know, went to grad school anyway, but, um, man, learned about manifesting, learned about meditation. And I basically manifested my husband. <laughs> I like to say, you know, I manifested him, got married. <laughs> I, 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 a, I literally wrote a vision down what I wanted a partner and he was everything. I always say I should have added like wow. multimillionaire to that. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to ask you what you did. I'm sure there's some ladies listening that, that are interested and maybe some men too that, that are interested in how you did that. So you I wrote it down. wrote it down, positive present tense, everything, how I wanted to feel. And this is what I teach people now. And, uh, and then it took about a year, you know, of like really, you know, focusing on that and then just practicing meditation, got a psychic reading. And she told me, you're going to meet this person. And I had dreams about him anyway. Um, but and then I and I had two kids and just beautiful, amazing kids. And I was still in the nonprofit field and I was getting very burnt out because my soul was like, no, you're not supposed to be doing this anymore. You know, you're you were helping people. Because I lived in West Africa, I lived in Mexico, and I and mm-hmm. I loved traveling, and I I just wanted to give back. And anyway, but I realized that I needed to start connecting in with you know my intuitive my intuition and helping people other people do. Well, I didn't realize that at first, but eventually I realized that I had to hire a life coach to help me and really mm. kind of push me to quit my job and start this business. And um, wow. when I started. But when I started this business, this is the last thing I'll say is that I um, had an awakening because I started meditating this was back in 2015 and connecting with angels and guides and then i started seeing all these i started actually researching my grandfather's story and i started okay. finding stuff because i wanted and I, I used to interview people on my podcast podcast and now i don't do that anymore but anyway but i started finding connecting the dots and seeing things he had been talking about and finding other things and and then I started saying, oh, this is all an illusion. And we've been in this sort of mind control for thousands of years. And, and, and I watched what was happening, you know, during COVID. And I, saw, I knew it was going on. And, and I also saw that this was going to be the most massive awakenings throughout human history because it's going to force people to awaken. Anyway, mm-hmm. so, but I, you know, what I try to do now is, you know, through hypnotherapy, through, I do a lot of readings, Akashic Records readings. I wrote a book, like you said. Um, I teach classes. I teach people how to read the Akashic records, um, do regressions of past life and something called in between life where you take people into the spirit realm, which is super cool. And I try to help people awaken on their own without, you know, telling them really what's going on or what I feel is going on, but try to help them open their third eye and, you know, just connect with light so they can free themselves, which is not always easy. So that's where I am today. <laughs> Beautiful. Absolutely love it. That is so cool. And, you know, thinking about what you said about your grandfather, to me, without doubt, his spirit lives on through you, right? You like, whether he knowingly or unknowingly, he, what he did, he passed the torch to you, if you will. And then you just, you know, taking it to a whole other level. So, wow, hats off to you, Rachel. That's that's just really, really cool. That, that means a lot to hear. Yeah, I feel that. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, we talk about spiritual awakening, right? And you've done so much helping people through that process and obviously having gone through it yourself. What are some of the reserves that you find that maybe some people have when you first start with us, you know, working with them? I can imagine that some people may be very anxious about it, don't know what's going to happen and have a lot of anxiety over it. Right. So like, what do you do to help a person to kind of work through those type of concerns? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, It's interesting because I actually have had some clients who've told me they were going through an awakening and they felt that they were, their family was challenged by that. And so they stopped themselves from continuing in their awakening, which I don't know how that's possible, but, (laughs) um, (laughs) but I, you know, that is partly what happens is when you do start to awaken, it can be a very lonely path because mm-hmm. people, you start to wonder, are you going crazy? And some people start to think you're crazy if you tell them everything you're thinking about. Um, but for me, and I say this to people, it's surrendering and connecting with light with some sort of divine guidance to help you um, move through this. And I started out by connecting with angels, you know, but I won't, I'll say, I'll try to say to people, whatever you're comfortable with. Some people have a lot of religious programming and Mm -hmm. they're not comfortable with the word angels or God or Jesus. Jesus is one of my main guides today. I love Jesus, Jesus, Yeshua, Jesus of Nazareth, but a lot of people can be triggered by that because of all the religious programming. Anyway, I'll just say, you know, light, like if you, if, if they're not comfortable with, Angels, obviously, they're spirit guides or anything. I'll say anything that's love, based in love and just focusing on something that's based in love. Um, and some people say, well, I want to connect with the universe. And I say, okay, you can say the universe. Um, that's kind of vague. And what, you know, when you, when you get a little more specific, which is really light, you, you bring in that light through your body, you allow it to flow through, you know, the light is activating, the light is, you know, opening your chakras, it's clearing out stuff. It's literally, you know, activating your DNA and, and it's bringing mm-hmm. in information. Um, and I think, you know, that light is connected to angels and multidimensional beings. Um, so that, you know, I'll, I'll, I think that's one of the biggest things that helped me is I learned how to read the Akashic records and that has been my main source of guidance for the past five years when I first wow. learned um, just today I was in the Akashic records and I feel like I don't understand what's happening and how do I deal with, you know, I, I went through a real painful period with my own birth family of feeling separated yeah. and, you know, they were really angry yeah. at me and, you know, and, right, I, and a lot right. of my friends, it's like, well, when you go through awakening, it means you lose all your friends and lose all, well, you know, you could look at it that way, but, or you could look at it as that, when you awaken, you become your truest self and your highest mm-hmm. self, and not everybody's ready for that. And in fact, it's not even in their soul contracts to awaken at that time, even in this lifetime. And so you're growing and evolving and taking this courageous path. And for some people, that threatens them. And because they're not doing that and they see you doing that, and that triggers them because it reminds them of what they're not doing. So mm-hmm. it's not anything that's wrong with you or that you're doing wrong or that you're bad because we can think that, that, you know, we are crazy or maybe it's us. Everybody else around us, it seems like is not awake. But Mm -hmm. what happens is I like to remind people too, is that as light workers, 
which is, you know, beings and human bodies as you are, as I am here to bring in light to help this, our massive planetary shift into 5D, fifth dimensional unity, love, consciousness. We often choose to incarnate in places where their light is needed, where there's not a lot of light or where there, you know, where there's not a lot of other people like us. And then we, you know, so it can feel really lonely and, and, but if we can remind, find others that are also like you. So that's another tip, I guess, find others and online is a great way to start and then try and, you know, connect in person. Then you feel like you're not so alone. So I would say those are my, you know, the two biggest things like connect with something higher than yourself based in love, ask for help, try to open to receive. Everybody can learn to read their Akashic records. It's really not, it's open to all of us now. And find other people who are, you know, your soul family who are like you to know, remind you that you're not alone. Find your tribe, right? Find your tribe. Yep. Exactly. Love it. Love it. And, you know, one thing that you said, well, one specific word that you said early on was surrender. And without doubt, that is so important. I think a lot of people, when they think about a spiritual awakening, they think that, oh, okay, life is going to be different. I'm going to have all this power and have all this hidden knowledge and information, which which may be true, right, for some. But I don't think a lot of people really realize or, or even think about what comes with that surrendering, which is maybe a feeling of, well, I shouldn't say a feeling of, but being very vulnerable, right? Um, being very yeah. honest with yourself and like looking in the mirror and say, okay, as I go through this process, this journey of awakening spiritually, there are going to be some things that are going to come up that I may be dealing with. And a lot mm -hmm. of times it's trauma that we experience in our youth, Yep. you know, or not even the youth. I, I think most people experience trauma in their youth, but people experience trauma in their adulthood as well. So do you find a lot of people going through that? A lot of people that you work with, like that trauma coming up and, and oh, they yeah. may not even be aware that they had yeah. trauma. Yeah. Right. hundred percent. I mean, that's most of what I do is help people through trauma. I've been working with people recently who have some intense abuse, you know, um, and it is childhood, really. That it, that's where it starts, mm -hmm. is, and then mm -hmm. it goes back to the source, which is past lives. But mm -hmm. um, that's part of what, as those of us who have chosen to incarnate in this time, we are breaking these generational patterns in our bloodlines because some of this stuff, you know, is passed down patterns of abuse or of, mm -hmm. of dysfunction or of depression or of whatever it is get passed down from one generation to the next. But for so many people that I work with, that's it. They're breaking the pattern. They're making a different choice to not continue it. And it's important that they do that as part of their awakening because so much light is coming in. And for that light to come in, the shadow, the heaviness, the, you know, the cellular traumas that get stored in our body from accumulated from multiple lifetimes. And of course the, then it repeats again in childhood. Um, it, we have to clear that. So the light, you know, the, and I, and, and I like to use the analogy of when a light, you know, if you, in a dark room, if you shine a flashlight in a corner of a dark room, it's illuminating something that's hidden in the shadows for a long mm -hmm. time. <laughs> And a lot of us have gotten quite good at burying our emotions because that's what we've been taught to do. You know, just numb yourself out on food or, you know, 
binge watching whatever it is, Netflix or whatever it is, you know, alcohol. We've been taught to push our emotions down and that works. That works as a way of coping for many years for a lot of us. That's a way of our inner child coping, keeping us safe until it stops working because our, you know, I believe it's a soul contract thing. You know, we become adults and we're, we learn these new tools and now we can begin to uh, move through or even face, acknowledge that there's something there that is asking to be healed. And, you know, and then, it, and it's, you know, I don't, I don't believe that we need to go back and relive traumas, especially with severe instances of abuse. I've been working with a lot of sexual abuse People have had a lot of sexual abuse recently. So hard. It's so, you know, and I, I would never say to somebody, you need to go back and relive that. Um, yeah. But what did that do to you? Like, what are the stories or the beliefs that you've carried about yourself that from those experiences that are no, that are really not who you are and that you're ready to, you know, heal and clear? So it's really, really important to do that inner work because that's how we move into that's how we self-actualize, which is really our goal, right, of being human um, and every lifetime is moving towards enlightenment, moving past the, the shadows of ego, which is like what ascended masters like Jesus and Buddha and Muhammad and Mother Mary did. You know, um, a lot of us, we still have, you know, a lot of work to do to get to that level, but this is how we do it. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well said. Now, with Jesus and Buddha and, and Mary, Mother Mary, now you said they're ascended masters. So have they reincarnated. Do you believe that they reincarnated several times here and you maybe, you know, got those lessons each time and now they're at that that high ascended level? Or I, do you think like a lot of Christians feel like, OK, Jesus came here one time and, you know, it did his thing? You know, what I was taught and what I believe is that they don't need to reincarnate anymore because they've moved beyond the need to do that. I mean, the, the rest of us, we're still going to incarnate in different bodies because we have lessons that we haven't quite mastered yet. That mm-hmm. man, it didn't go so well in that last lifetime. I had this horrible thing happen to me and I was so angry and I didn't forgive the person. In fact, I got revenge. Hmm, that's not the best choice. All right. So let's, I'm going to work on that again. I'm going to have the same thing happen again, or maybe I'm going to switch and be in the opposite role. I was, I'm going to be the abuser instead of the abuse, which is very common with, hmm. with past lives and with reincarnation. Um, you switch roles uh, to learn, you know, the opposite. But so we say, okay, I'm going to try either way. I'm going to try it again. And really the ultimate thing is forgiveness. That's like the ultimate lesson we're all working on is letting it go, forgiving, you know, forgive them father for they know not what they do, which is what, you know, Jesus said when he was being real, you know, killed, essentially, well, supposedly killed anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, <hear> yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, so I think I believe, I believe that the energy of ascended masters like Jesus or Yeshua and mother Mary and Mary Magdalene and Buddha. And um, there's other ones, you know, Yogananda and Kuan Yin and stuff like that, um, that they, they can reincarnate. I think they have reincarnated as different, you know, beings throughout time just to like, you know, say hi and leave or like to bring some light in and then leave, but they don't need to. I think they're just doing it just to help humanity, you know, they're not doing okay. it to learn any lesson. So, you know, yeah, I mean, I think uh, like angels, I think 
angels, well, angels, a whole different thing, but I believe that angels can show up temporarily in human form just to help us, but they're not the same. They're at a higher level of consciousness and they're a completely different vibration of light. But, um, you know, again, what, who am I to say that I know the answers? <laughs> I, that's just what I believe and pick up on. But I think the key for me, for, you know, somebody like Jesus, and I was raised in a congregational church as a Christian. I don't, you know, I'm, I don't go to church anymore, but um, I was familiar with Jesus. And so that's why Jesus comes to me because I was familiar with him in my, you know, my religious upbringing, I guess. Um, I've done readings for people where it's, you know, Buddha, the essence of Buddha or, um, Siddhartha, you know, who comes in for them because that's the way they were, their upbringing right, was. But, right. but I do feel like personally, this, this sounds, well, I'll say it. I do feel like there's something very powerful about the Christed one. There's a grid of like Christ energy that we're all kind of stepping into and aligning with anyway. And so I think, you know, that energy of all these ascended masters is really just available to us all. Anytime we can tap into it at any time. And the reason it's so helpful is that they did walk the earth and they know what it's like to be human and they can help us yes. and give us information and guidance because it's not mm. easy being on earth. <laughs> right. Earth right. Hard school. <laughs> hard school. You know, I've always heard that, that some people say earth is the prison planet or the hardest planet to, yeah. to go to and yeah. other beings, including angels. They like, they can't believe we do it. They like look at us in awe, like, wow, like yeah. hats off to you. You're, you know, you're, you're brave, tons yep. of courage. So, yeah. Wow. So obviously we're of the light, right? We're divine light beings, you know, and, and with light comes darkness. And it's my belief that there are dark entities. In fact, through my spiritual awakening over the last three years, I've seen some of these things during meditation and out of body experiences as well. Now, with that being said, it's of my belief that every person or every being that I see walking around out here is not of the light. I think just like us being light beings, we're able to occupy bodies. I think the dark is as well. And mm -hmm. I think that explains a lot of the chaos and confusion that we see going on in the world today or, you know, since the beginning of time, right? It's yep. obviously humanoid's been around. Or you, do you, you believe kind of aligned with that as well? Yeah. There's definitely dark. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think, okay. So, you know, this is my belief on it. So, cause I've gone way down the rabbit hole, like reptilians and like things like that, you know, and I, um, and I've seen, I remember um, seeing like the grays, you know, the gray um, mm. alien or, you know, extraterrestrials in my mind's eye, they came in and meditation. This was like four or five years ago and they were just sitting, they were just there. And I, and they look like what people think of as, you know, they looked like, like the aliens you think of like a gray face, big black eyes, you know, and they were just looking at me and I was just like, what do you want? You know, and I didn't, and I don't, I didn't feel anything bad, but they were just kind of curious about me, but I didn't know them. I didn't trust them. And so I was like, get out of here, you know? <laughs> Um, and they did because that's my, I have the free will. It's a divine law to control what I allow in my vibrational space. I used to have really horrible nightmares when I was a teenager, like demonic faces and, uh, like just really dark things. I thought I, there was something wrong with me. And this is before I knew anything about anything spiritual. 
and I um, it was really scary. And so I actually I believe this was Archangel Michael helping me. I just started imagining a bubble of light around myself, and they start and it helped because I think my intuition was opening. And so there are these different energies. And I was also going through a period of when I was a teenager, I was depressed, I was angry, I was not in a good place, (laughs) as a lot of us were. And so I was vibrationally aligned. And this is important, I think, for people here. I was vibrationally aligned with those energies. But I was a teenager, I didn't know, I nobody had taught me about how to protect myself, except for just, I guess, something came in one day, and I started picturing a bubble of light around me. So my perspective is yes. You know, so that, that was my introduction. But my what I would say to people listening is, and this is what I do now is I see some there's some really dark and some would call evil things that are happening and that have happened for a long time. And mm. I um, am aware of it. And I, you know, there's a movie that just came out about it. <laughs> you know, like, there's, yeah, you're right. Yeah, so there's things that have been, you know, they're very, very dark. And what I try to do when I go in the Akashic Records, I ask about these things, and they don't tell me. They're like, "Why do you need to know that?" You know, they they'll say, "Yes, these things happen." But um, you know, it's the Roman Empire. It goes back to the same sort of Roman Empire. This the sacrifices, the you know, worshiping gods, you know, entities that are not of the light. They've been doing this. They talk about it in the Bible. They've been doing this for thousands and thousands of years. And this is how they get power. And it's nothing new, you know. But um, but I don't talk about it a lot because I don't want to scare people. And people get scared, you know, and they and they start to – they're not ready to hear it. So my approach is, you know, when if, – if we stay in our lane, so to speak, and we're bringing in light, we see that those things are there, that they're happening – I mean, I see the imagery that's, you know, in like Super Bowl halftime shows or in a lot of the yeah, mainstream, yeah. like, like my kids want to <laughs> listen to the stuff they play on the radio and they ask me about going to their, some of these like celebrity, you know, pop stars concerts. And I'm like, no way. Because they are, there's this, I know what they're trying to do to your mind, you know, and there's imagery they show, but I, um, I, so I definitely protect my kids from that and I'll tell them sometimes, but my approach is, when you sit, when we're in the light and we focus on the light, we see what the darkness, what they're, what, what's happening, but we're not like focused on it because we want to ultimately hope that some of these humans or whatever they are, right, to, mm-hmm. that they can come into the light that because there probably is some light left in there and they have to know at some level that they can be forgiven for what they've done because we all can be, or they get absorbed back into source, <laughs> which, which can't happen. I think if you like, if you reincarnate and you're just, you know, really like, can't be, you're not willing as a soul, you know, or whatever to, to um, make amends, then you can just be reabsorbed and you don't incarnate okay. anymore. Anyway. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I've never experienced that with anybody I've, I've worked with, but I've read about it and I, I believe that's true. Anyway, um, but when we work with light and when we work with, you know, we, we, see, we don't get, we don't want, we don't need to get sucked into it because we have to be careful. Like the fear that the fear vibration can suck us in and the anger can suck us in. And so um, it's like, it's kind of like seeing another lane on a highway. You're aware of it, but you're not on that lane. 
and you're moving towards the ascension, you know, and towards bringing as many people that are trying to over to your lane, you know? Um, mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's hard to talk about though, because it's, um, it is part of the awakening process and it can be mind blowing to see some of the things, you know, you when you get red pilled and you can't unsee once yeah, you know, yeah. you know, yeah. Once you know, you know, isn't that the truth? I mean, there are things obviously that we, we, we can talk about, but you know, there has to be things that would literally blow our mind that we had no idea yep. in regards to what, what evil does. I tell you, it's, I know. Uh, and Crazy. I haven't seen the movie Sound of Freedom because I, I, I might see it, but I feel like it's just going to make me like really upset, <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. And just yeah. so, and just, you know, it's like, what, you know, what I, and I ask about it in the records, I'm like, what can I do to help with the, you know, with things that are dark? And they say, just do what you're doing, like help keep bringing people into the light. And mm-hmm. as more and more people that can be awakened, the more that like the lights go off around the planet and people start to awaken that we, that, and that is what's happening. You know, we're bringing the planet into these higher states of consciousness away from that sort of programming of being asleep for so long. And we've allowed this to happen because they're telling us what they're doing. They tell us through the mainstream media and all that stuff. Right. Right. And, and well, as long as we consent to it, it can keep happening, but now people are awakening and they're seeing little by little, they're starting to ask questions. And so that's when we say, no, we do not consent. And it will hopefully eventually, as we move into the 5d, you know, the new earth sort of age of Aquarius, that um, these things will happen less and less. They probably will still always be dark because that's just part of the nature of reality of polarity. Exactly. Exactly. You know, you've talked about, you've mentioned 5D several times now, and I'm I'm somewhat familiar with it. I've, I've talked to a few people about it. Nothing I really, really, you know, took a deep dive in regards to researching. But if you could kind of give us like a surface level um, understanding, if you will, of what 5D, the new earth is and what it's all about and what we can expect as we, we get further and further in it. Yeah. So... This has been predicted for, you know, thousands of years um, that we, you know, the Mayan calendar, the, the Mayan calendar for one, and that was when, you know, people heard about we, in 2012 that there would be the end of the world is what people thought because it was the end of the Mayan calendar. Um, and it was really, that was, there was this thing called the age of Pisces, which was about a 26,000 year cycle of separation, of division, of war, of oppression, which we've seen throughout us, basically our human history. Um, and that, you know, it kind of goes back to Atlantis when there was this amazing civilization of, um, and even Lemuria, the, of telepathic communication, of love, of unity. And that's, you know, a lot of us were there. I'm sure you were. I believe I was. You know, we were there. But what happened in the time of Atlantis is that we fell into ego at the beginning of the 26,000 year cycle, which was about 20, well, over 26,000 years ago, in my belief. Again, this is what I believe and what I've learned, but people can take it for what they will. Um, And so when we fell, it kind of goes in a, a circle. And so when they were at the top, if you imagine going around a circle, at the top of the circle is when 
that 26,000 year cycle began and we go, we went down and we've been going down and then we hit the bottom and then we're starting to come back up again in okay. a new cycle. And that's just how, you know, the cycle, this is actually, there's a book by um, Barbara Handclough. I don't know if you've ever heard of her, but she writes a lot about, um, about, you know, the Incans and the Mayans talked about mm-hmm. this and there's all kinds of decoding that she's done, you know, Anybody that can get to a pyramid or it, uh, any sacred site, there's a lot of activation that will happen. Anyway, mm. when you go there and you'll start to receive this information and start to understand it more, because even I don't, I don't fully understand it, of, of course. But so we're at the beginning of this new 26,000 year cycle. And what that means is that we have the ability and we are moving in the direction of what it used to be like in Lemuria, at least, and maybe mm. in the beginning of Atlantis when we could all communicate telepathically and we were at one with every sentient being on earth and we helped each other. We shared resources, kind of like our ancestors used to do. We shared food. We were, um, you know, just all the, you know, like heaven on earth, you know, just kids playing right. and be, and, and, but we have to allow in the process, the broken systems of, the 3d world, which is, you know, the matrix of separation of consumerism of division of all the things we're seeing of every broken system, the educational systems, health care systems, you know, every major system, the financial, we have to see and allow those to crumble so we can rebuild. And we are, you know, I took, we took my husband, I took our kids out of the school, the beginning of you know covid and we now homeschool awesome. them and awesome. yeah we never send them to what was going on and so we homeschool them and a lot of people are doing that now there's it's just getting crazier and crazier in public schools and a lot of people are taking their kids out they're removing them from that system because that's where the programming starts and mm-hmm. a lot of my husband and i also both exited the matrix of the workforce and he's self-employed he's a carpenter i do this and, um, so we've been like freeing ourselves more and more. And, you know, if you're still, if people still have their kids in public school and they still are in the workforce, don't beat yourself up because you're probably, there's a reason you're there. You know, there's some soul learning, but, you know, ultimately I think we're all going to be moving out of these systems and creating our own little realities, which is what I've been doing. You know, we have this homeschool co-op we're in and, you know, we just like live in the middle of the woods. I mean, we'd still go, I still go interact with, you know, the 3D things. I still have to do that stuff, but, but I feel like I live in a different reality and, and that to me is more and more the new earth. And so I think some people think, well, does it mean we're going to be going to a different planet or are we going to be like literally, yeah, like living in some other place from everybody else? And no, it's kind of the way I like to view it is like, um, those old, uh, overhead projectors. You may remember this. Oh, like, I sure do. You know, yeah. Like a slide on yeah. <laughs> overhead projector, and you'd write. And and it, it's and it actually showed me this in the Akashic Records that one slide on top of another slide is basically how the realities overlap. So there's 3D, there's 4D, there's 5D. So together, you know, if you if I were to look, you know, you were to come to my house and you would see my neighbor across the street and another neighbor down the road it would look like we're all living in the same reality. If you were to look at the screen of those slides, if you were to look at the screen on the wall, you know, in the overhead projector analogy, but 
if you look closer, you would see that I'm in a different slide and the other one's in a different slide. So we actually are not in the same sort of vibrational reality because we're, we're in, in that's 5d. I really, I don't know that I'm probably not fully living in 5d yet. I'm certainly not. I still got stuff to work on, but more and more, I think, you know, more of us are getting glimpses of this sort of, you know, way of being that is, it's a very spiritual way of being because you start to be, you know, believe that all your needs will be met and abundance will flow to you freely. And, you know, you can instantly manifest things with your thoughts and just, and for better or for worse. So that's where we're going. And I experience that more and more. I have to be careful because I'm like, man, if I have negative thoughts, I can manifest something negative. Right, and right. I, so I need to, and I, you know, luckily I know how to do it, but yeah. I, I don't always do it the right way. But anyway, but more and more, that's what we're going to be experiencing, I believe. And that, I hope that makes sense, is, you know, the way I think oh, of 5D. I love it. That's that's a great explanation. And it's just like, I'm just like, wow, I cannot wait till. I mean, I, I think personally, I think I'm kind of in there, maybe one foot in, one foot out, yeah. <laughs> you know, but when thinking about it and, and the way you, uh, so well, so well explained it. I mean, man, it's, it would be a beautiful thing, beautiful thing for yeah. humanity. I hope it happens in our lifetimes. I mean, you mm-hmm. and I are probably similar age. I mean, I believe my children will be in that sort of reality more and more. And you know, I think you and I are here to help break down the old reality. Yeah. And yes. it's a harder job. <laughs> like, great, I signed up for it, but. <laughs> Not easy. Not easy. Yeah. Like you said, he signed up for it. And I know you, you touched a bit on soul contracts a little while ago. What are your thoughts? And I mean, I think I know your thoughts on it, but I would love for you to speak to it a little bit um, in regards to, and I I guess it's maybe the same, probably the same thing as a soul contract, but I've had, I've had, I've had people tell me that we literally plan our lives before we come here, like each and every second of our lives. Like we plan where we're going to be born, who our parents will be, um, the, the great things we experience as well as the challenging things we experience. And is that what helps us grow spiritually to get to that higher level of ascension that we talked about? Mm-hmm. Is that how it works? Yeah. Okay. So this is what I, this is what I believe about that. And I wrote about this a little bit in my book. Um, I believe there that the major things, and this is, this is actually something that people have proven in regressions and I hear it when I hear people say it and they have know nothing about this and they talk about it. So it's been proven over and over. Dolores Cannon who's a really well-known hypnotist. Oh yeah. She writes about this a lot. Um, that we, we do plan the major things. We plan who our family, who, who our parents are going to be. They select us. We select them, our siblings, where we're going to live, the bodies we're going to have, if there's a major disease or issue that we have, like that's planned. Um, and I say issue could be like a mental health thing or um, a defining trait about us. Um, also major events like accidents or, um, mm. you know, whether we're going to be like a billionaire or, homeless person. I think those things are pre-planned. So that's like fate, that's destiny, that's in our soul contract. But how would we learn if everything was planned for us? You know, that's like having, you know, knowing what your birthday present is going to be and not even 
getting to open it or something. And how do we and how do we grow? So there's things that are written in that are there because it's part of how we we're, it's like it's kind of like this. When you're in a play, there's a scene that's set. There's characters, there's like backdrops, you know, of the scene. And you have maybe an, maybe a play that has like a loose script. Like maybe there's a script, but but in the play, this is a sort of play where you improvise a lot. So you kind of yeah. come up with your lines as you're going along and you're you're reading off the other person. And so half of it's scripted, but half of it's not. So that's the way I actually think it works, that there's fate, there's destiny, there's pre-planned things, but we also have unwritten um, we have the ability to make choices. Let me say it that way. We have the ability to make choices. So we can, for instance, have everything set out for us to, um, let me just think of an example to, I don't know, be a successful writer or something like we have parents that send us to this great school. We learn how to write and then we get money from people and we have like time to write, but for whatever reason, we don't do it. You know, like maybe we don't do it. We, we don't believe we're enough or we get depressed or something happens and we're not, and, and maybe we get really angry or something like that. And, and it's, and we get all these different opportunities of resources coming to us and opportunities to break some of those patterns to, to write, to, sh- to get something out there in the world, but we're not able to move past our own, you know, past life traumas or past life patterns. And so, that's the free will piece of it that we have all. And and we see this with people. Some people are not, they reach the end of their life and they feel that they have wasted their life. And a lot of, you know, see, I'll see that with our parents and grandparents and, and as sad as that might be for them, they, they just weren't maybe able to self-actualize or to become their best and highest self at that time. But, um, and that, is not their fault. That's normal. Like we've all done that in most of our past lives, but the goal is to make choices to help us, um, learn our, it's really about learning lessons. And so, you know, in that example, I gave about the writer, maybe the lesson was, you know, to help people by getting out this great work of literature out into the world or something. And we didn't and but we didn't work on our lessons. We we um, had many opportunities with people coming into our lives and, and all this flow, but we weren't able to do it. So, OK, that's all right. We're going to try again in the next life. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, I believe how it works. So we have the ability. And I see this in the Akashic Records a lot. You know, people always want to know what's going to happen. Tell me my future. And I'll tell them <laughs> I can't tell you what's going to happen. I can tell you the way the energies are flowing and there's multiple timelines. There's multiple ways that things can turn out. I can tell you the way that if you continue on your current path and make, you know, if you make these highest and best choices, let's hope it's a good path. If you make these highest and best choices, this is what is likely to unfold. And this is true for humanity as we move into 5d as well. Likely what will unfold, but you might make a different choice. You might say, you know what? I'm never going to forgive my sister, she's horrible and I'm always going to get revenge on her. Not a good idea. We don't want to do that because then we go back. And so then that negative vibration that we're giving off with revenge or is going to probably have a ripple effect in the rest of our life. And hmm. we're not going to move through our soul lessons. And so we're using our free will choice to um, have us things go down a different path. 
So it's both. We have free will and there's predetermination. Destiny. Yes, yes. <laughs> Very good. I'm loving this. This is awesome, Rachel. Now, you know, Akashic Records, you know, I, we got to learn about that. I got to hear what you have to say about that. I've never had any type of experience with the Akashic Records. So like, how do you, how do you get there? What do you do? What's, what's the process? And then once you're there, like what happens? I, I heard you say that they tell you who, who is they, yeah. you know, what's yes. going on? All right. So the word Akash, I'm just going to start from the beginning. The word Akash is basically is a Sanskrit word that means the substance from which all things are born. And the Akashic records, which are, are mentioned in many different religious texts as the book of life. Um, it's basically a record, like a library of every human event situation um, experience that's happened throughout time, generally, generally on earth, but it, also there's records of other planets and other dimensions and other beings. So when we access the Akashic records, we're accessing, you, know, you can access the Akashic records for the earth, for a business. You can access the Akashic records for your pet. As mm. long as you are part of that sort of, um, like as long as you have some sort of claim to it, I guess, or, you know, even an apartment that you're renting in a building, you can access, access the records of that apartment and what happened in that space wow. as long as you are in it. So I can't say I'm going to go access the records of, you know, your neighbor or something. Cause I don't have permission. I could try, but it would just come up dark because I don't have permission of your neighbor to do that. That would be violating that person's free will. So anyway, so the Akashic Records just contains all this information and it's also healing. And it's also, it's basically, um, it's light. It's, there's wisdom, there's guidance. And when I, and when I talk about they, I'm talking about these light beings that I call the masters, or they're also known as like a council of elders. And they oh, I've heard of them. Yeah. yeah. They are the beings that after we die, they will do a life review with us and we'll, we'll kind of go back and like have a, you know, you hear people talk about this. Like I saw my life, you know, on a screen and watched a movie of my life. And I saw the effects of everything I did on other people and stuff like that. But what, what's cool is that in the Akashic Records, we can get little hints and clues about our life now. So it will help us make better choices now. We don't have to wait till we die. Um, so these are beings that have never, they're not human. They're not angels. They're not, they're just, they're masters. They're very wise. They're ancient. I see them as um, wearing robes. And my mm. everybody has different... Um, council they kind of sit in like a semicircle like the jedi council it really is no <laughs> coincidence and they and one wow. of one of my guides is bald and he shows up a lot and he's like in the front and then there's a woman and then there's others i don't know all their faces i've had clients in um life between life regressions and they go before their council of elders and they sometimes will see them have like emblems on their robes from other planets and they're like, oh, yeah, so, wow. so it's sad that they're actually beings from other planets. Hmm. Anyway, so, but when I go in the records for people, I don't always see all that, but really I pick up on information. I feel energy. And so they're, you know, they're there to help us understand the truth about 
experiences we're having in our life and what's really going on. What's at the, what's the, what's beneath what we're unable to see with our conscious minds. Cause we're in it. You know, we don't always, can't always see, we need that bird's eye view. And yeah. it's like, so we, we ask them questions like, why is this, why am I having such a hard time in my marriage? Or why is this, why am I struggling in my career? How can I move through this situation? Or what can I do to help my body heal from this pain or something? And so they'll give us, you know, information about the source of that, or a, they'll, a past life will come up that's related to that, or they'll give us some information about this other person to help us understand them from, from in, you know, in an empathic way. Um, also deceased loved ones can come in the records and, you know, ancestors mm-hmm. and they'll come in with information that happens a lot. There's also, um, you know, ascended masters are different than the masters, but, you know, spiritual teachers like Jesus or Buddha, they'll come in. Also, um, multidimensional beings, the Pleiadians, Arcturians, they'll come in. They often offer healing. Um, and so the, also there's past lives. And that that's so important because that's where all our past lives are held. Okay. And, I, and I often see the past lives as like little... Um, like boxes of light or some people will see it as like a book and you're opening your book and you're going to the right page in the chapter of the book of that particular past life. And, and, um, that helps us understand, you know, why am I this way? Well, because you had this horrible, you know, you, your whole family burned down in fire in a village, you know, 500 years ago when you were in a Viking or maybe it was more than 500 years ago when you were a Viking and that created, you've had this, that's where this fear of abandonment comes from, or that's where this guilt comes from. And then when we experience that, then we can be like, oh, I can release it somehow because I relive it. So it's such a absolutely amazing, healing, powerful way to really understand who we are as souls, who we've been, uh, why we are the way we are. And they're also, they're offering light and healing too. At the end of every reading, they, they'll show a future, a potential. I have seen, you know, things that actually have happened. You know, they'll show glimpses of the future to all of us whenever, whoever you can go in the records, you know, you can learn as well. Anybody who accesses the records, their Akashic records, they'll, as long as it's for our highest good. So if we said, well, are they going to show me my death? You know, I could try and ask that question, but they probably wouldn't even show it to us because it wouldn't be for our highest good to see it. But it's all, it's just, it's, it's, I believe there will be a day when everybody is able to access their Akashic records. And that's what I try to do is help teach people how to do it. It's literally a layer of our light bodies. You know, we have these different layers and it's one of the layers. It's just, it's our memory of who we've been. And so we just, you just have to get in, you know, meditate, bring in light through meditation. We begin to able, okay we're able to, yeah, practice the way I access it by the way, that's one of your questions is I bring in light. I imagine myself in a pillar of light flowing through my body up and down. I focus on my heart, which is like the gateway to intuition. I feel light coming out of my heart and I say a prayer and you know, the prayer, I read it aloud. It's written and it's a prayer that I, it's based on, I learned this from my former teacher, some, a different prayer. And then I created my own prayer, but using words, the frequency of these words um, activates us in a way and it bring, raises our vibration to match the higher vibration of this dimension. Cause it is a dimension. And wow. 
then, you know, you close your eyes and it feels like you're making up this weird thing. But I, but it, it literally feels like to me, like these big doors opening of this long, like limitless library. Um, it's just, it takes, it took me months to learn, you know, I didn't just start doing this, <laughs> but, but we have to contrain ourselves and we can, and we can learn to access it. And then during this process, you, you receive images. Is that what it yes. is? And then you hear yep. maybe not, not necessarily hear voices, but is it like a telepathy type thing? It's like a thought. It's to? an image images. Oh. And again, I had to train myself for a few years before this to be able to access the records. I had to do a lot mm-hmm. of clearing. I worked with angels. I just started meditating, bringing in light anyway. But um, yeah, images will come in quite a bit. Just it's, it'll, it's kind of like when, you know, before we fall asleep at night, sometimes there will be things that just pop in our mind that will come out of nowhere, you know, and you, it's like a dog or maybe you're, it's something that, you know, it's like dream state, but, mm-hmm. and what happens is we feel like we're making it up. Like, well, I just, that's just some random thing, but then we can train ourselves and we do, when you do readings for other people, you're like, holy crap, I just picked up on this stuff. And the person's like, oh my gosh, that's exactly how I feel. And wow. you, it's amazing. Uh, but then the words come in and it, it will feel like it's your own thoughts, but it comes in out of nowhere. You know, it just comes in your mind. <laughs> wow. So good. So, so good. <laughs> That's so <is> cool. awesome. <laughs> and so it's, I, th- I feel like I read somewhere at some point over the last, maybe the last couple of years that there's like a scribe who writes it down. I feel like I read that it was Metatron who keeps. Yes. Yeah. Is that true? Is that what it is? Yeah. Metatron is the archangel that helps to open the records, the Akashic mm. records. And I, I, I wasn't taught to go through our Metatron, but um, there's many ways to access it. The way I said it is just the way I do it. Um, but okay. yes, he okay. is known to be the keeper of the records. Nice. So nice. you already Very know. Cool. You're ready. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll get to that at some point when, when I feel called. I don't know. Maybe I'll, I don't well, know. Well, if we'll you're see. curious about it, that's how I started. I was curious about it. And then I got a reading uh-huh. and then I was like, this is so cool. And so then I went and learned it myself. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> I want you to talk about your book, you know, um, tell me about it. What's in the book and what, what, what was your purpose obviously to help people. Right. But what was your purpose, your specific purpose or two or three for, for writing the book? Were you led to do it or, or how did, how did that play out? I was told in a reading, a psychic reading I got the first one I ever got actually about 16 years ago that I would be writing a book. And, and she said, and this is before I started doing any of the spiritual work, I was still working in nonprofits. Uh, she said, this book is going to help people. It's about, you know, to help a lot of people. And she said, it's about something with psychology. She didn't even say spirituality. I had no idea what she was talking about. And anyway, so then I, every time I would get readings over the years, they would be telling me, where's your book? And I started getting annoyed, like, stop talking about it. <laughs> Cause I wasn't, I didn't know. And then I started to, you know, I didn't have the information yet. I hadn't done, I had to go through my own process of awakening and I had to start doing this work of helping people to, you know, get the material. And so basically the book is, um, the process of what I did for myself and what I do for other people of, I call it the soulful work method, 
which is this like Venn diagram that I created of helping people move through the process of um, coming up with a vision of how they want to feel in their lives. Like what sort of future highest and best self do they want? And then moving through ego, what are the stories? What are the fears, the doubts, the worries that come up in the form of thoughts and beliefs that hold us back from that vision, which is the vision is really the law of attraction, the law of resonance, you know, Mm. and it's our soul from our heart centered soul place, ideally. And then those, you know, moving through ego and reframing thoughts. So I give people in the book, like specific tools and in the form of they can literally write, you know, answer questions in the book. There's graphics that they're on my website. People can go and download them and helping them move through, you know, reframing their thoughts, asking questions like, where does that story come from? Often it's childhood. How did, you know, that affect you as a child and write a pretend goodbye letter to the person. Often it's a parent who created that and separate from that belief, not the person with the belief and what are the emotions and how can you process those emotions and release them. So moving through that, um, I teach people a little bit about guided imagery and ways to kind of um, help. It's kind of like hypnotherapy, but help themselves connecting with their inner child and, and help that part of them heal. Um, I t- talk a lot about meditation and just like basic, you know, quieting the mind and how that's so essential. That's the core of everything of training our brains to mm-hmm. let go of thought and the, and the sort of that negative ego, which is that false identity that, you know, it's part of our, it's our consciousness, but it's, it's, you know, based on social conditioning and it's not who we are and moving instead into their higher self, which is connecting with their intuition. So then I spent, that's that Venn diagram. We move through, okay, moving through ego, you're clearing the thoughts, you're meditating, you're trying to heal with the inner child. Maybe it's some connect. I talk a little bit about past lives and how to um, get to the source of past lives. I actually teach people how to go on the Akashic records, which, you know, I do it in one chapter, whether or not it's successful, who knows, but I give them the prayer. I show them things I was just telling you about. And then I spend a few, a lot of chapters talking about intuition and teaching people about different forms of spirit, angels, spirit guides. What are they? Um, how do you connect with them and give them, there's all kinds of meditations scattered throughout that I've written that I'll, you know, say, this is a meditation to connect with your spirit guide. This is a meditation to connect with your ancestors. This is a meditation to connect with different archangels. Um, and then, and then at the end, I, I talk a little about, now you gotta, you know, take action and put this out there and, you know, what can you do to, um, take a risk to move out of your comfort zone? Cause that is often, you know, that's the next step and our soul growth is, is moving through past fear to, yes. um, so you know, become our, yeah. And so that's, that's big. And then I, and I interweave throughout that stories about my own life a little bit. I use st- examples of clients and what these different people have done. I change their names and everything. I try to make it funny sometimes. So, um, it's kind of like a workbook, but yeah, I'm, I'm really proud of it. And I, it took me a long time to write and I definitely had help doing it, but I, I, I've gotten, you know, good reception from it and I, uh, self-published awesome. it. And I'm I'm thinking about, you know, maybe trying to get it published by somebody, like a real legitimate publisher. <laughs> so we'll see. Okay. But yeah. Good. Very good. Very good. I know our audience will definitely look into getting that. That's very cool. <laughs> and you mentioned something right then, Rachel. You said moving past fear. And 
That is so important. I would love for you to speak to that. I mean, that is something that really resonates with me because, um, as, as my audience knows, you know, I dealt with a lot of trauma in my youth at the hands of my father, who was a mm-hmm. uh, military Marine as well as an alcoholic. So, um, was subject to a lot of physical abuse mm-hmm. and also subject to a lot of psychological, verbal psychological abuse. And yeah. that verbal, that psychological abuse was the one that did it, right? Yep. The scars, the bruises go away in a few days, week, whatever, but it's that psychological abuse that really yep. stayed, right? Yep. And so that caused me to um, be an introvert, yep. you know, so because he was very controlling. The child is to be seen and not heard was his his life lifelong mantra, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, being, being a military guy and the programming he received in the military, he was all about control. So I wasn't able to think for myself, never really learned how to critically think and, mm. and have my own my own, just be my own on every mm-hmm. level. Right. It was, he was in control. So, um, and I was scared of him. I like, I feared my father. So I went through this life of being this introverted guy who didn't know how to set boundaries with people, uh, didn't know how to properly communicate. I used to always know what I thought in my mind, but in regards to, you know, bring that out in verbal form, audio form, right. I was scared to do it. Right. Um, then like a lot of people in 2020 hit this strong pivot where I had my awakening, and here I am doing a podcast, but I had to work through that, to work through the fear of putting my voice out into the world, you know, build up my confidence to to be able to express my own opinion yeah. in, in the show, right? So speak to fear and working past fear and the beautiful gifts that our creator have for people on the other side of that. Well, let me just say a deep bow to you because that takes so much courage um, to do what you've done. And and I think I'm sure you inspired a lot of people who, if you can do it, if you can, you know, move past trauma and abuse and um, be become, you know, the person who you are today and sharing and helping people like this is what I did to help myself. then you could even, you know, you could really even save people's lives. So. I think, Mm. you know, the one thing I'll say, as I know you know, is that it takes time. It's, you know, we've all had our own little and big traumas in different ways. And um, many of us have spent, if you think about it, we've spent years of, you know, like, you know, you're saying, like receiving a message repeatedly for years, especially in those formative years as a child, when we're so easily programmed, there's imprints that, you know, get buried in our subconscious. It's not going to happen overnight that we're all of a sudden going to just be like, Oh yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm ready to go, you know, do my, just come this completely new person. But it, <laughs> and I, I think, you know, it, it takes time to heal. And I'm sure you've done that in your own way of, um, investigating your beliefs, the beliefs maybe you had about yourself and saying, why do I believe that? Is that really true about me? Or is there another way? Right. (laughs) Absolutely. That's that's the way to start. I think is just saying like, and I I mean, actually say that that's actually an exercise. (laughs) Like saying to people, just ask yourself if there's a story you're holding about yourself, I'm not this, I can't blah, blah, blah. And that's exactly what it is. I had to reprogram myself to find my value, right? Because that was taken away from me in in my youth, you know? And then, so I found this new value that I am worthy 
of happiness, of, of uh, fighting fear, my fears. And, and not only am I worthy and that value, I can do it. You know, yeah. I, I spoke to it. I continue to speak to it, different things I want, you know, and that's not to say that, oh, I conquered fear. No, 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 no. Fear still tries me. I believe it tries mm-hmm. us all. Yeah. And it can still be very challenging dealing yes. with it. But I have this process now that I go about when confronted with fear. And I tell you, every single time it never fails. I work through it. It's <laughs> not always easy, but I do compared to prior to 2020. Forget about it. I've shut down. I'd run. Don't want to be bothered with it. You know, so uh, for me personally, it's been just oh. Amazing, amazing. And you've said it right there that you now have tools. You have a way, like, because it doesn't go away. I think it's important for people to hear, like, when you think, you know, I, I've been, in, I was in a negative headspace the other day because I got rejected from this pub- book publisher. It sounds like a stupid problem to have, but it really hurt. It, it triggered me to the point where I got went very small. You know, I'm not good enough. Not, not being accepted. I might as well just give up. You know, like really, like negative thoughts. And I don't, and I'm just, you know, anyway, it it brought me back into a dark place. (laughs) And so I, you know, but I know what to do to clear it. I said, well, I got to go to the records. I got to lie on the earth. I have to bring in some angels. I need to look at my thoughts. I need to examine that thought. I need to find a new thought. And I um, talked to my husband. I talked to my business advisor, anyway, blah, blah, blah. But you had, you know, you, here's what I'm going to say too, just for your own if you don't mind me saying this to you, Justin, is that you, chances are your soul may have even, you know, chosen that experience with your father. You knew he was going to be your father and you knew what he was going to put you through at some level before you even were born. Partly because you may have had to experience it to know what it was like. So then you could help other people because how can we help people? if we haven't lived it ourselves and then you know what you've done, you know, cause I could say to somebody, you know, I could say, well, this is how you do this thing. And if I, you know, this is how you go, I don't know, hunt and skin an animal. I've never done that. I have no, my, you know, I know people have, but if I tried to tell anybody, they'd be like, you don't know what you're talking about. Cause I've never done it. <laughs> but, um, you, you know, you've had that experience. So then, and I believe that this is a case for, Many people who are wondering, like, what's their purpose in the world and how and they want it. They feel like there's a greater purpose and they're not doing it. And that feels, you know, that can feel very empty. But often our purpose is, what have you done in your life that has helped you? What, did, what help? How, how, what did you overcome? And often that's how we're then asked to be of service to help others in that same way. You know, what tell others what you did. And you're doing that through this podcast and, and, you know, it's, just deep bow, you know, my hat's off to you because that, Thank you. and I'm sure you tell people how you did it too. Right. So that it, everybody has their own way. And I'll say this too. One last thing is that you have a specific vibration based on your past lives and your, your current life. And you know, your the way you think and the way you are that attracts people on that similar vibration. There are people out there like waiting to hear from you, Justin, waiting and the same thing with me, waiting to hear from me. And there's somebody else there that doesn't want anything to do with me because there's another person of a different vibration that they're mm-hmm. going to be aligning with. And I think that's really important for people to remember because we often start to think, well, it's already been done. It's already been said, you know, what do I know? You know, we get into that comparison place. Believe me, I know that's like, I never would have written the book if I didn't have help moving through that. But, and you wrote books too, you know, so it's, it's, uh, it, it, there are tools to help us that can help us move through that. But sometimes we do need the help from other people. I had to, 
I had a mm-hmm. therapist who helped me build confidence. I've had various life coaches. I have a business coach still. I had a, um, you know, marketing coach. I've had different people along the way. I never would have written the book if I hadn't had my business coach helping me push through it. Cause I just like, Oh, I can't do it. I kept putting it off and she would be like, no, you do it. You can do it. You can do it. And so, um, Anyway, it's but there's there's no one single path I think that is like this is the path, but it's right, a combination right. of different things. Mm-hmm. And the key I think for me and I'll and I'm probably for you too is that I I've had rejection. I've had you know time, I did workshops in the beginning, and I remember nobody came to one of my workshops. Like nobody showed up, you know. And I've gotten you know just I've had so many I've had rejections, you know, along the way, and and um. I just got one the other day with this book publisher, but what I don't, I didn't do was give up and I didn't say, well, <laughs> I must be a failure and everybody hates me. I mean, maybe I thought that at one point, but I moved through it and I didn't give up. I said, well, there must, what can I learn? What did I learn from that experience and how can I, you know, what, make it better the next time? And, you know, it's not, I think, we all have the ability to do that. It just takes us, some of us longer than others. But um, if you can do it, if I can do it, we all can do it. It's all, it's in us all. Well said. I love how you said that you did not give up. That's so important. You kept grinding, you kept grinding. And the good thing about the experiences that I know I've had, I'm pretty sure you would say the same thing about your, your experience is that it, part of it builds character, right? Um, it builds something in us that can be a challenge for me to, you know, explain. It's just something that it builds that makes you feel good, but it also brings this this wisdom as well. And with that wisdom, it makes me think about, okay, everything is connected. Everything works as it should. And I'm still on the right path. And it helps me further understand my purpose here, you know, but like you said, it's, it's different for everyone because we're yeah. all different and we're all on our on our personal journey. So, wow, Rachel, yeah. this has been just, just been great. You, you're, you're totally awesome. I, I love that you took time to be with us here on the Hidden Gateway podcast. However, I do have one last question for you, my friend. And this is something I ask each and every guest that comes on the show, and that is to leave us with what I like to call a token of love, right? Just simply something you feel people need to hear in this moment right now at 5.47 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. <laughs> as they continue their journey. Yeah. Well, I think along the lines of um, what we were just talking about, this is what I'll say is that whoever's listening to this now, that you have a perspective that is unique, that you have a purpose for being here, that your light is needed. And there's somebody out there that, if you just share that in some way, whether it's starting a podcast or posting something on social media or just talking to a friend about it, putting an idea out there that could change, maybe even save that person's life. Um, that, that is a way to make a huge difference in the world and also to help yourself, um, feel better (laughs) and feel a sense of, you know, fulfillment and purpose. So just do one thing, start to choose one thing to do and, um, and then make that be enough because it is. 
<laughs> there it is. Beautifully said. Thank you so much. And take a take a quick minute to please tell the audience where they can find you, any social media, your website, et cetera, where they can buy your book, all that good stuff. Yeah, great. Uh, so my website is soulfulworkconsulting.com, and you can find my book there, um, Hypnotherapy, Akashic Records, different groups and classes um, that I offer also there. I'm on a lot of different social media, um, YouTube at Rachel Horton White. I have some videos there, Facebook, um, Soulful Work Intuitive Consulting, and then Instagram, Soulful Work Intuitive Consulting as well. So it's been such an honor. So much fun to talk with you. (laughs) Likewise, likewise. Thank you. And yeah, good people. Check her out. I'm on her website now. All the good stuff, as she mentioned, Akashic Records, Guidance Sessions, Life Between Life, Hypnotherapy, Inner Child, Past Lives, uh, Business, and look, she even has Offering for the Youth. I mean, how how good is that? That's just (laughs) awesome. (laughs) Very cool. Very cool. Thank you, Rachel, once again, so much for being a guest here. And to our audience, I really hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. As always, please remember to uh, stay connected with us at thehiddengateway.com. Send us an email if you want to chat. Support at thehiddengateway.com. And as always, thank you for pushing your mindset towards a better reality. This will conclude this week's episode. Until next time, stay positive, stay questioning, be love, and be free. The Hidden Gateway, out.